Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to my guest list pod. This is the show where the guests on my list get to have some fun with their favorite list countdowns, and we get to know them and their work a little better. And before I go on, obviously it's been quite a hi- hiatus in between my last episode and this one. A lot has happened, and it probably means that the six episodes that I have to put out will probably be the last ones for a while for this show. I have had a lot of things happen in life and with work, some good, some bad, and one of the things that has come around is podcasting actually gave me a chance to do some work in a field that I hadn't before, which has been really rewarding, but it's too much time to be able to do that and do this as well, because I do put a lot of effort into uh, organizing my guests, researching them, and then doing the show, but In respect of the shows that I have done so far, I would be a little bit disappointed with myself if I didn't give them the respect that they deserved and uh, honoured the people that took the time out of their lives to to talk to me to make sure that I put these shows out. So that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be putting those last six episodes out and then the show will will sit there uh, and I think I will eventually do something with it. And if I can get some time, I will come back to it. Uh, We will see. See how it goes. But for today, my show is with Neil Matthews from Other People's Shoes, Uh, a very enjoyable episode with someone that has a very interesting life, had a very interesting uh, childhood, and I really enjoyed and respected my my chat with, with Neil. So... All I'll say is sit back, relax, take off your favourite pair of shoes and enjoy other people's shoes. My guest today is the host of a podcast with a very noble goal. Neil Matthews and his podcast, Other People's Shoes, not only brings you stories of love, loss, and the strength of the human spirit, but as the name of the show implies, Neil presents his guests in a manner so that you, the listener, gets a chance to virtually walk a mile in their shoes in an attempt to connect, empathize, and understand their journey. Neil, welcome to my personal guest list and welcome to my guest list pod. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, pleasure. And thank you so much for getting up uh, so early in the morning to do this. Yeah. You know, I think as a podcaster, you realize that sleep is is a luxury. It's, a, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a bonus if you get it, I guess, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Because of where we are, I guess, in Australia, there's uh, a big time difference with most of the people that I, I speak to. And it's either really late at night or it's really early in the morning. So, we're at the uh, polar opposites at the moment. You're up really early, and I'm fairly uh, I'm up fairly late. So, but it's not too bad because uh, I'm like you. I don't sleep too much. So, a lot of coffee. Coffee, I think, becomes your best friend as a podcaster. So, yes, definitely, are. definitely. <laughs> so, for everybody uh, listening, Neil, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, who you are, and where you're from? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. So um, my name is Neil Matthews. I've been podcasting for almost four years now, come January. So 
celebrating four years, uh, over 200 episodes. Uh, 200 have been released, but we have some that haven't been released yet. So over 200 episodes. Um, I've been married 21 years uh, to my high school sweetheart. We have a 15-year-old daughter who's, I jokingly say, 15 going on 27. Those with a 15-year-old will obviously be able to relate with that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, outside of that, I live in the U.S. and Oregon, um, which is one of the amazing 50 states. I don't know what number it is in the 50 states, but I I know we're... uh, I think we're in the twenties as far as states that were were adopted into the union, maybe. Okay. And I'm about twenty five miles from the uh, California border, so on the west coast, as they would say here in the states. Now I've done a little bit of homework myself. You're from Rogue Valley, is that correct? Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Southern Oregon is uh, is considered the Rogue Valley. Yeah. So Medford is. Is probably the biggest city near me. Uh, there is yep. a an international airport, which I think is kind of weird for our little community. But yeah, yeah, we have an international airport, and uh, yeah, so yeah, I've lived here since I was in sixth grade, which was around nineteen ninety three till now. So yeah, oh, beautiful. look, I did have a look at where you're from on the internet, and uh, it is gorgeous. You are very very lucky to be living where you're living. I, I would say it's a, a beautiful piece of the country part of the country and uh yeah it's just it's just gorgeous you you have uh some wonderful vistas i'm sure from where where you live so yeah probably the biggest i guess famous landmark you could say uh near us is crater lake oh yeah those uh those could google that and they could see it um i've i've actually snowshoed in crater lake which is kind of cool and okay. then uh, in the summer, and this even sounds even crazier, I've swam in Crater Lake as well. So two kind of extremes. Ah, very good. What what was it like growing up in that, you know, that it's not wilderness, but in that sort of rural setting? It looked like you'd have the opportunity opportunity to do a lot of really fun things. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hiking. There's a lot of outdoors. Um, you know, I'm. I am a sports enthusiast uh, for the most part. I, I played a lot of basketball, a lot of hockey, mm-hmm. uh, street hockey uh, growing up, uh, a lot of football, uh, American football, uh, not European soccer. No. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I ran uh, cross country and track in high school. So um, there's a lot of you know, running areas and running you know trails and things of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's it's been pretty fun living here. No sales tax, which is kind of a, a cool thing oh. about Oregon, I guess you could say. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Great. So, you know, there's there's that aspect of it. But, you know, growing up here, probably no different than anybody else, you know. So, yeah, um, it, it definitely has its, its pluses and minuses, I would say. We definitely sometimes get all four seasons. So, you know, ah. winter, fall, and spring. Yep. So Just like Melbourne. We're yeah, known probably. <laughs> yeah, I've never been to Melbourne, but yeah, probably. We yeah, we're known for having uh, four seasons in one day, and we're in spring at the moment, and it's rained for the last two weeks very heavily. Uh, we've had a lot of flooding; it's crazy. Last year, we were on fire with <laughs> bushfires, and you know, uh, really hot weather. This year, it's uh, two weeks of solid rain. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. We um, we're probably getting into our rating year seasons now. Um, mm. We're supposed to have rain all this week, so yeah, it, okay. it does rain here quite a bit. So, 
So one thing I do know about Portland is uh, the Winterhawks. Yeah, the hockey team. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so Portland is about five hours uh, north of me. So four or five hours. Yeah, Yeah. so it's the northern part of the state from Ah, from where we are. Yeah. Okay, great. So that's really uh, gives us a a bit of an idea of who you are and where you're from. Now, uh, why I'm talking to you today is obviously because of your podcast. So if you just give us a little bit of a rundown on what your podcast is and what uh, gave you the impetus to start it. Yeah, uh, the podcast, uh, just to help again, Other People's Shoes um, is the name of the podcast. So the idea, again, is is just getting in someone else's shoes. Um, I, I don't know why or how, but we, I, I say we, because there used to be a we. I used to have an executive producer and, and now it's just a me, but I still from time to time say we. But any of it, the whole idea when I when I started, I wanted to be in someone's shoes and I thought, well, in radio or in audio, it's hard to imagine. You really have to be very creative in how you talk and describe because, again, your listener is listening, not seeing. So for whatever reason, I, I think as a joke, I jokingly let off one of the early shows with, well, what size shoes do you wear? What style of shoe do you wear? What, you know, what brand are you wearing? And I think in in the back of my mind, I thought, well, if I ever get sponsorship, that'd be kind of a fun way to introduce a sponsor. It'd be a natural read for, you know, advertising. Of course. I thought that'd be kind of fun. That has yet to happen, but the idea is still there, I guess, in in some respects. So we kind of always lead off with that question, just some kind of a fun icebreaker. And and some people have had fun with it and some have, uh, have really struggled to answer it and others have been super creative. Some people have brought their shoes. I mean, it, it just, it, it's, it's, I never knew how much of a jumping off point it would be for some. So that's, that's been a, a fun little adventure every time. Yeah. But the idea of the show really isn't even mine. Um, my wife actually came up with it. We're people of faith. We believe in Jesus as, as our Lord and savior. And we had a, a change in leadership at our church. And my wife said, you need a verbal outlet. And I was like, what's a verbal outlet? I I didn't even know. So here I am jumping on the internet, verbal outlet, nothing came up. (laughs) And she said, uh, well, I think you should start a podcast. And I said, I don't even know what that is. She said, well, you're, you're pretty smart. Go figure it out. And so I did, you know, I, I sort of over time bought some equipment and, you know, I didn't listen to a ton of shows just because I wanted to to not be tainted in some respects or borrow mm. from somebody else. I wanted to be, you know, have it my own. I have a radio background. I sold radio advertising for, you know, a little over a year and a half. So I kind of got to see the ins and the outs of radio. And, yeah. you know, I think as a kid, I always probably had like a little cassette recorder with a little microphone, you know, back in the day. And, and we would make mixtapes and pretend we were on the radio. And okay. so I thought that was just like that. So that's kind of how the show was born. And, and uh, now it's turning four in January, so kind of an exciting time for us. Okay, that's fantastic. Look, I have listened to a lot of your shows, uh, as I do with all my guests, and uh, I found it really funny, actually, that people did struggle to uh, talk about their favorite footwear. <laughs> 
And uh, so there's a lot of a lot of sandals, a lot of Crocs and things like that that are in there. But uh, yeah, it was just funny that some people had a, a lot of trouble actually coming up with their favorite footwear. I thought that would be a fairly easy question. But that's uh, kind of what I've on. always thought too. So yeah, but it is as you as you have mentioned, there are those that have struggled. So. Uh, look, I, I don't know, this might be, I don't want to be controversial or anything, but when you said there was a change at your church and you needed a verbal outlet, was there something that you that was missing or that you wanted to or get off your chest that you, you couldn't because of what was happening uh, in that situation? Or No, I, I think, uh, you know, I grew up in the church. My wife and I both, uh, in, in a lot of respects, did from our you know, high school years on, we were involved in a youth group type setting. So, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in the church, uh, you know, there's directions and there's leadership, you know, movements, and there's times where they have ideas and they're like, hey, we're going to head in this direction. And it was just one of those moments. And, and I grew up in a youth group setting, ended up becoming a youth pastor in my background as well. And I, I think there was just a direction the church was heading in, in the youth ministry that I wasn't a fan of, didn't think it was going to okay. work. And sadly, I, I was wrong. Well, maybe excitedly, I was wrong that it has worked. Um, I, I was a big, um, I was against it. I, I just didn't think it was going to work and it has, and it's been successful. And so, you know, I had to kind of eat some crow in that respect, you know, to, to say I was wrong, which, you know, it does happen. People are wrong. Mm-hmm. I am wrong. <laughs> of course. And so I think in that process, you know, um, I, I needed something to do, I think. And so lo and behold, podcasting stepped forward and said, well, here I am, pick me, you know? And so that's kind of what happened. Well, fantastic. I'm, I'm glad, you know, everything worked out in the end and I'm glad that, uh, the situation arose that gave you that, uh, that push to start something like this, because I've really enjoyed your, your shows. You know, you there's a lot of people bearing their souls and you, you deal with a lot of intimate personal issues that people have had, you know, uh, deaths of spouses and children and people going to jail and breaks from faith and things like that. So what's been the most challenging challenging season for you when it comes to that sort of a thing? Because I know you do your, your show in seasons and they all have a bit of a theme each season. Uh, has there been one in particular that's been harder than another to do just because of the interviews? Well, I always say... <clears throat> I always say the the hardest season is the season yet to happen. Um, and I think that's just because it's for me right now, especially just in, in not trying to say the word season so many times as a quota or something, you know, that I have to say it so many times in order to <laughs> get paid or something. But I think the challenge right now for me as a podcaster, even as a host is my schedule has changed so dramatically in a lot of respects that it makes it really difficult to find guests and so I think right now, I would say the season that I'm about to be in, um, which is going to start in January, has become a challenge to find people. Um, and I think as a podcast host, and you probably know this too, and others who host shows probably know this or host shows that have guests, it's a challenge to find good people. And yeah. not that they're not quality people out there or amazing people, but you know, I, I have since I started... I have listened to a few shows and, you know, growing up, I I always wanted to work for ESPN. It's, you know, I think most people know what that is for those that don't, you know, it's like a sports center kind of show, you know, they show highlights 
you know, of, of different sports from across the, you know, span of sports, any event. And, uh, and you know, there's those sports shows that debate, you know, is Michael Jordan, the best is LeBron James, the best, you know, and, and shows like that just make my head hurt. And so, yeah, you know, I, I know for me, you know, it's just, it's becoming increasingly harder to find good quality people. And I don't want it to be a debate. I don't want it to be anything like that. I, I want it to be engaging and I want somebody's story to be engaging, but it is a challenge to find those people to really sift them out and to really vet them in some respects Yeah, that you, again, you want an interesting story. You want a story that's going to maybe move somebody, not not move it for downloads because I could care less about that, but move that story that somebody would hear that and go, man, that really sucked or man, that was really exciting. And then it moves them to perhaps change, which is really the goal of what I'm after. Yeah, that's great. And to be honest, we probably share similar ideals when it comes to the way we approach podcasting. You know, I'm not very prolific in terms of the amount of episodes I get out. And over the last couple of years, there's been other things that got in the way with that. But uh, I, there's something I sort of wanted to stay true to myself when I started this, which was I want to speak with people who whose content I really enjoy and who I think would be interesting. And even if their show is not something that I listen to on the regular, uh, if they're an interesting person, then there's someone I want to talk to. I have a uh, an interesting conversation with someone and I can actually bring someone like yourself into someone else's view and they see your show and they like it and they then you get a, another listener, then that's great. Then I've done what I wanted to do to begin with. You know, I've gotten a great conversation out of it and I've also gotten someone interesting to be put in front of potential listeners. So, yeah, that's great. It's great to hear. And and look, I, you can tell obviously you've done this for a while. You're very slick with the you know the way your show is presented. You're you're great on the mic. So uh, I do encourage anyone out there to to go listen to to your shows. And uh, every show is different. And every show is uh, so far that I've listened to has been uh, really interesting. Yeah, I I think. And I first off, thank you, uh, Darren. I appreciate no that so much uh, for the compliments as well. Uh, it's very, very kind. The thing I would add to that is, uh, you know, I have a very good friend in Texas that I met during podcasting. So we've actually never met in real life. We've only met, we've only met virtually. And in fact, my brother-in-law actually got to meet him in real life. So still a little mad okay. about that. But anyway, <laughs> he is real. My my brother-in-law has, has verified that he is a real person. So anyway, small story on that. But in that, his name's Sean McCoy, and he had this amazing show when we crossed paths called Come to the Table. Now, it's a pretty common you know, thing of sitting down at a table and having a conversation with somebody. It's, I think it's something everyone in the world should do on some level because the idea is you're just coming together. You're having a conversation at a table. So kind of similar, obviously, than my show, you know, walking in their shoes, putting on their shoes. So... Obviously, we were a good fit and we did a show swap when we first, you know, kind of were knowing each other. But now that years have passed, you know, he's become a great friend, a great mentor, a great just, hey, I'm thinking of this or, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about taking the show in this direction. What do you think when you see this graphic? What do you think? Just kind of a, a good bouncer off of, you know, ideas kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But in that, he shared this amazing truth with me, which I still I just think it's profound and I wanted to share it with you. And 
it's this idea that, you know, as a podcaster, we have a treasure chest. And some people can get around that because they like pirates. When you think of a treasure chest, you think of all kinds of jewels. You know, maybe it has rubies, maybe it has, you know, sapphires, maybe it has emeralds, maybe it has, you know, whatever precious jewel, pearls, whatever. I don't know what the light blue equivalent to a precious jewel is, but I probably need to find that out because I really like light blue. But anyway, in that, he said, when you sit with somebody, they give you a little treasure, give you a little piece of themselves. They give you a little nugget that you get to put in your treasure chest. Maybe it's only for you. Maybe that conversation wasn't for anyone else but you. Mm -hmm. And yet you share it with the world. Cool. But at the end of the day, that's the treasure you get to put in your chest that you get to take away forever. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. So anyway, I want to share that with you. Yeah, it's it's a great way of looking at it. It's unique and it's precious and uh, it's your own. And that that's a great way of looking at it. So thank you for sharing. Um, look, I do get all my guests to do one certain thing when it comes onto the show. It's pretty much the major part of my format. And that is count down a top 10 list. If you would like to share with everybody what your topic for this week's top 10 list will be, it'd be great. Well, you had a lot to choose from. I do want to say, uh, and it was hard, it was hard to narrow down, uh, you know, one, one choice. So I, I do want to say it was, it was, it was kind of, kind of an amazing list. So I do want to say that, but I did pick something <laughs> that I, I thought was was pretty easy in in my mind, and then the more I thought about it, was actually very challenging. And I picked uh, yeah. sports movies because I love sports, and so I don't often get to talk about sports on my show because it's not a sports show. But yeah, I did pick uh, sports movies, so that was my that was my list. I do, I do get that sort of a, a feel from you that sports a big part of your life and has been for a while, so which is great. And uh, I saw your list and I thought, well, I've seen some of these movies. I hadn't seen them all though, which is unusual because I'm a big, you know, sports been a big part of my life and probably still is. Uh, and I'm a bit of an oddity here in Australia. I'm a massive NHL fan and have been for a long time, but uh, there's not too many of us here in Australia. There's more than you think. Uh, but not that many. <laughs> so uh, it's interesting. There wasn't wasn't an ice hockey movie on on your list, but that's all right. I won't hold that against you. So, <laughs> well, I was just going to say we probably could cross out one, and okay. I would allow the Mighty Ducks to be in there because that is a okay. pretty good movie. So yeah, okay, <laughs> no worries. That's fine. Look, we'll go with your ten. And speaking of which, why don't you give us your number ten to start us off on the list, please? Yeah, so number 10 is 42. It's a movie about uh, Jackie Robinson. And uh, I've always, even though I'm a Giants fan, San Francisco Giants fan here in the States, I've always was fascinated by Jackie Robinson and just the the struggle that he went through to become the first you know, African-American baseball player. And so mm-hmm. um, I actually just saw that movie fairly recently. So I was a little late to that party. But uh, I think one of the main characters in it, uh, and, and I'm going to mess up his name, but his name is Chad, and he ended up playing the Black Panther. So those that have seen Marvel movies know who I'm talking about. Yep. So, yeah, number 10 is 42. Okay. And look, that's on Netflix. I did check that one out because I haven't seen it myself. 
But obviously, I know of Jackie Robinson, and uh, I'm a White Sox fan. I'm not a big baseball follower, to be honest, but uh, I do like uh, watching it when it's on here in Australia, which is not that often. Uh, but we we get it on KO and a few other channels, and uh, I usually just watch the World Series, so, uh, <laughs> as uh, I guess a lot of people do. But uh, yeah, all right, fantastic, really good. I'm go- That's that's on the list to watch. I haven't actually seen that one, so definitely going to watch that one. What is your number nine, please? Number nine is The Hurricane, and it's a, a movie about Reuben Carter, and it is portrayed by Denzel Washington. Reuben Carter is uh, wrongfully accused of murder, of a double murder in the New Jersey, New York area, and is sentenced to prison for pretty much most of his life until uh, some crazy series of a fortunate um Fortunate events, not unfortunate, but fortunate events uh, kind of get him free. And just an amazing story. Denzel Washington, let's just face it, is an amazing actor. So oh, I think any movie he's yeah. in, doesn't matter if it's sports or not, is is fantastic. So Denzel is, yeah. is just one of those people I would love to sit with as well. So anyway. Look, it's a tragic story, but it's also an uplifting story in terms of you know what happened and how he was obviously um, uh, vindicated. Uh, later on, uh, we 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 know of it here, obviously in Australia too, because it, it was uh, news in terms of you know some fun put away for so long for something he didn't do, and obviously there's the undertones of you know racism and everything that would come with it and profiling and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a important movie. Yeah, very good. Uh, the only boxing movie on there, I think, too, actually. Oh, well, I guess it's sort of a boxing movie. So I would say so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So number oh okay, number 7, please. All right. Uh number Are we 7 or 8. Actually, sorry, I think we're four. 8. No, no that, number that's 8. Okay. Yes. Okay. Number 8. So another Denzel movie. Uh I don't know why, but it's just was he was probably on my brain. And by the way, I didn't realize I was going to have to I think the only list I had, I I didn't have it typed out, so I sent you my terrible I'm I'm now looking at what I sent you. It's my handwriting. And it's terrible. <laughs> it's I'm fine. Like, no, it's fine. This is why everybody at work makes fun of me now. I'm seeing it firsthand, kind of from uh, other people's <laughs> shoes. Sorry, my own self plug there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, number number eight was uh, remember the Titans, great football movie. Um, just he's he plays Coach Boone in yep. uh, I think it's South Carolina of all places. And just kind of the the struggle that they went through uh, as an integrated high school that was kind of a big deal back in those days, and uh, you know, he, again, he's just an amazing actor. It needs to be yeah. said one more time in case you didn't hear it the first time. <laughs> but uh, just a great, great movie altogether. Oh, I I get a little weepy every time I watch it too. So by the way, yeah, it's it's a look a staple, not a staple, but it's one of those movies where I've got three sons. And uh, it's one of those movies that I've directed them to, you know, in terms of sporting movies because they're always looking for for good movies. And uh, that's that's one of the Coach Carter, uh, Remember the Titans, you know, uh, what else is another one? But, uh, we Are Marshall. That's another one that we, you know, uh, like to watch. Uh, the boys really. And they actually watched it at school. They watched Remember the Titans at school for, for one of their classes, actually. And, and my son came home and asked me if I had actually seen that. And I said, well, yeah, for sure, many times. Uh, it's a great movie. So, And there's a, there's a bit of a theme with a lot of your choices in terms of uh, uh, the movies – deal with a lot of issues, societal issues, in terms of, I guess, 
you know, what's happened in America in terms of uh, relationship between, you know, a, a relationship in certain states and racism and and uh, the underdog and things like that. And uh, I, I guess that's what's really sort of uh, appeals to you, not only the sporting aspect of the movie, but the, the, it deals with uh, moral and ethical issues that uh, people have to face and have, have faced over time. Wow. I, I didn't even uh, catch the theme there, but I guess... I guess it is kind of true because I I do, and maybe that's why I gravitate to to that on the show is the idea that again I really want to know what it felt like to be Jackie Robinson. I really want to know what it felt like to be Reuben Carter. I want to know what it felt like to be you know Coach Boone and having you know bricks thrown through his you know window and his yeah. kids were you know being yeah. targeted and mm-hmm. I'm sure he got spit on a cue you know, a couple of times, you know, I mean, I mean, it sucks. Nobody, nobody should ever have to endure that, but no, yeah, I hadn't not. even thought about that. That's an interesting catch. So good catch on your part. No, it was great. Well, it was really interesting as I was looking at your list and it, uh, apart from a couple of movies that I hadn't seen, uh, it seemed to be a bit of a theme and, and also what made those movies so important and so special as well. So, you know, you can have a movie like Major League, which is just a stupid sports movie and and fun. But, you know, and there it's good in its own right because of what it is. But these are probably a little bit more poignant, obviously, because of the issues that they deal with. Uh, and I really liked your list. So, But we won't go too far into that yet because we haven't finished it. So, um, all right, uh, we're up to number seven this time. Yeah, number seven is Hoosiers. It's uh, I think it stars Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman, yeah, yeah. And so a lot of people know him maybe from uh, Crimson Tide, uh, Superman movies back in the eighties. Uh, so that that's the guy we're French kind of talking about. What's that? <laughs> French Connection. Oh, French oh, Connection. Yeah, I'm probably I'm a bit older than you. So. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm also thinking of uh, the one with Will Smith. What was he in that? Um, it's kind of a CIA. Oh yes, um, where yeah, it's sort of like a you know uh, Big Brother type of thing. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't remember the name of that though. But yeah, no, yeah, that was a good movie. That was a that good was a good movie, movie too. Yeah. yeah. So he was in that too. So uh, anyway, so Gene Hackman plays uh, in the movie Hoosiers. A lot of basketball fans will know that movie, and uh, just taking little old Hickory. Nobody even's heard of Hickory, I'm sure, to the state championship of Indiana against this. I think they played South Bend of all places. Um, but anyway, just a, just an amazing movie. Jimmy Chipwood, you know, if you're a basketball novice, you, you probably don't know who that is, but you probably should look up Jimmy Chipwood because it's pretty amazing. So anyway. Yeah. Well, that one is one that I've seen a few times myself, although it hasn't been on the list for a while because all my boys are basketballers. I've coached for about 15 years and uh, yeah, basketball movies uh, definitely high on the priority when it comes to sporting movies here. Uh, a great movie, fantastic movie. And uh, and the movie we were talking about with Gene Hackman and, and Will Smith, I looked it up, Enemy of the State. Enemy so, of the State, just to yeah, help yeah, those. yeah. Very yep. good. Thank you very much. All right, cool. Well, that's 10 to 7. Why don't we take another break? Because I want to ask you some more questions uh, about you and uh, your life and your podcast. So what do you do for fun? What are your hobbies? Well, I used to run. uh, Before COVID, I was, you know, running anywhere between, you know, in a given week, probably 15 to to 20 miles a week. Um, I was I was pretty active, and I think COVID kind of sucked all of that away. Thank you, COVID. Mm. 
and I think the show really kind of took more of a of a mainstay in my life. You know, but now um, I've gotten into pickleball, so I don't know if you guys have gotten that down there yet. What's, but uh, what's that pickleball? Pickleball, yeah. So think about table tennis or ping pong. Um, yeah. It's it's very similar to ping pong, but instead of playing with you know um, a a table, you're playing on a court, on a tennis court, but kind of a shrunken tennis court. So it's okay. uh, it's kind of sweeping the nation here in the United States, and so. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not very good. And a lot of senior citizens play pickleball and they're pretty good. Okay. okay. And so, yeah. So imagine like playing, um, table tennis or ping pong, but you're standing on top of the table. Kind of imagine yeah. that that's kind yeah. of what pickleball is. Like it can only bounce so many times you have to serve it a certain direction and you have to, there's this, uh, thing called the kitchen that's right near the net. You have to stay out of that. So there's always jokes like stay out of the kitchen and all kinds of little into windows that come with that. But yeah, so yeah. I've, I've started playing pickleball over the last, uh, I would say four or five months with uh, some guys from church and absolutely love it. I'm terrible. Like I said, I don't win very often, <laughs> but, uh, but it's fun. It's fun just to get out and, and play and be competitive and talk trash. Cause I'd love to talk trash. Okay. So, pickleball. Yeah. I pickleball. Yeah. Look it up. It's, it's pretty awesome. I'm it's pretty awesome. I'm going to go search. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go do yep. some searching. So L- look okay. it up when you, when you get some time, it's pretty amazing. Well, I, I, well, I did think you were going to say that running was your hobby and listening to the show while you were doing it in some of the earlier seasons, obviously that was what you were doing, but I guess COVID has put a bit of a kibosh on a lot of things. And I guess that's one of them for you. That's probably, diminished in terms of your is it is it the motivation to get out there or you just don't have the time or i think it's a little bit of both um i i could find time i'm not that terribly busy uh, my wife would would hear this back and say you're not that busy you could you could find the time <laughs> but they always but, say that <laughs> yeah right exactly 21 years she's probably finding some reason to get me outside but you know no i, I think for me running was uh I think we'll always play a part in my life. Um, growing up, you know, it was my, you talk about a verbal, I talked about a verbal outlet earlier. You know, I grew up a very angry, you know, adolescent, you know, middle schooler okay. and, and uh, even into high school, um, you know, uh, talking movies, you know, the, the Hulk says, you know, well, Cap, the trick is I'm always angry, you know, kind of thing. That's yeah, kind of yeah. me as a kid, you know, I was always angry. And I think running provided a, a good outlet to, kind of run out that anger, run out those feelings. Cause okay. you know, a lot of times I, I didn't know, you know, I've joked for years that I probably have more feelings than, than most women. And that's not a dig. That's just kind of how my life is. I'm just a very feelings person. I, I wear them right here, just on my shoulders. Just look mm-hmm. and they're, they're right here. Um, so, you know, I think running provided that. I think running provided a, a great escape and I've had friends you know, yell at me. They've seen me, you know, in, in town running and, you know, I have headphones on and can't hear a thing, you know, can't hear cars, which for them yeah. is kind of scary to think about. But, you know, for me, I'm so locked into to running and to, to what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not aware of what's around me, which can be somewhat dangerous. Of course. But, <laughs> but I mean, I've had friends like be probably 10 feet away from me um, and be just screaming their heads off. And I'm just like locked in just you know, running down the road. So get in that rhythm. I understand that. Yeah. I, you know, I, for the sports that I played and just for, for running my, I I like to go out and 
when I run, just get into that rhythm and it's a great way of just blocking out everything and, and listening to either a podcast or music. And, and that's another question, actually. What do you listen to? Well, what did you listen to while you ran? Yeah, so I listen to a lot of rap. Um, a lot okay. Of rap. Um, oh, surprising. So yeah, I, I listened to uh, a guy in the States. I, I, maybe he's made it down there. Uh, is a guy named NF. Um, he's a white guy, actually, out of Detroit area. So he, he has a lot of similarities to Eminem. Um, his name's Nate. I don't know his last mm-hmm. name, but uh, pretty amazing guy, NF. Um, I would love to have him on the show. So maybe if he hears this, you know, hey, NF, come on over. <laughs> uh, another guy that I actually have gotten a chance to meet and interact with, uh, Toby Mac, is another guy I would listen to a lot. So kind of between those two. Okay. And then, um, you know, sometimes, depending on the mood, because again, Feelings are just right here. <laughs> yep. Sometimes I would throw on some spa music, which sounds really weird to run to, but I think it would also just calm me down enough to really okay. just focus on what I need to to maybe hear or listen to. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Well, that's a nice little insight into uh, who you are as well in terms of your music choices and not something I would have expected actually, but but that's cool. All good. Um, look, you referenced your your early years and growing up and you said you were an angry teen and now if i understand right you're the youngest of four yes okay uh now you also grew up in a um a uh, household of, of, of faith a religious household yeah yeah and now I, I listened to one of your episodes with your brother-in-law kennedy and he was speaking it to how he found you know some of the th- when he was growing up, a, a little stifling. Uh, you know, he referenced, I think it was Star Wars in terms of being told that it was, you know, not something that he could watch because it was not something that went along with or was consistent with the faith and, and house, the household attitudes towards that sort of uh, popular culture, I guess. Was your upbringing similar? Was it uh, the same as Kennedy's or different in any other way? Wow, that is uh, that is a way back episode. I applaud you for that. Yeah, so Kennedy is my wife's uh, stepbrother, um, but younger, younger than her. But okay. yeah, so Kennedy uh, grew up in a very uh, stricter household. Uh, my wife okay. came out of that, and so um, you know her her f- mom and stepdad came to faith. Um, and had this crazy journey from San Diego, California to Oregon. And it's just, they should have done a movie because it was just okay. crazy. Just yep. all the things that happened and just how they got here. And, you know, they got here virtually with no money. And, you know, this amazing family took them in, you know, didn't know them from Adam and uh, gave them a place to stay and, you know, turned them on to Jesus. And so that's kind of how my wife grew up was in this very strict you know, they don't watch movies anymore. They don't have secular music. They don't, you know, kind of just very mm-hmm. just like, nope, that's not happening. And so Kennedy came out of that, obviously, environment. So, no, my family was not like that in any way. Um, we did have Star Wars, <laughs> thankfully. Um, one of the first movies, actually, my dad ever got me was Return of the Jedi. So I've always kind of been a big fan of that movie for that reason. Yeah. But no, I think, um, I think for me, just you know, um, trying to find my place in my family. My, uh, my two, I call them sisters. They, they really biologically, I guess you could say are my cousins. Now I know that might sound weird to some, but their dad, 
uh, my cousins, uh, so my uncle uh, sexually abused my cousins. And so they ended up getting taken from him, rightfully so, mm-hmm. and placed with our family, my brother and I and my mom and dad. And so they became not cousins anymore. They really became sisters because, you know, they, you know, I, I don't know why they just, that, I mean, yeah, that just seemed to make sense. And so anyway, so I went from, you know, kind of having to just fight, jump over my brother for attention. Now I had to jump over three other people to get my parents' <laughs> attention. And yeah. so I think, you know, I learned really young that if I was bad, I got attention if, you know, ah, okay. And so I, I think I learned that growing up that it, that was my place, you know? And so, you know, I think that's probably why I was a lot angry a lot is because I, I felt like I had to fight for everything I got. And, you know, I think just being an emotional person, you know, I think just also probably didn't help any. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think my, my growing up was a lot different than Kennedy's, but it's interesting that you would reference that. I'll have to tell my wife that she'll, she'll find that funny. So anyway, it's just a really old episode for me. I had to think back to that. I was like, what did Kennedy and I talk about? (laughs) Yeah, it was like, I always go back to usually the first episode of anyone that I'm going to talk to. I go back to their first episode and then I'll work my way through their back catalog, um, you know, intermittently, just like you, especially with someone like yourself who's done so many episodes, I couldn't listen to them all before I, I spoke to you. But I wanted to get a sampling of uh, each of the seasons, and and Kennedy's one was one that really stuck in my mind too because it was such a, a emotionally raw uh, episode in terms of your your talk with him and about something that was probably pretty important in terms of someone you know like someone stepping away from the faith. I wasn't sure if I was going to ask you about it because I, I thought it was something because it was connected to your family, maybe something I, I, I didn't allude to, but I thought, uh, no, you seemed pretty open and I thought I'd, I'd take my chances. So uh, thank you very no, much it's, for being open. It's all good, man. Like, like, like I told you from the beginning, um, in our green room, I guess you could say, that's what I call it, you know, pre-show stuff. Yeah. You know, my, my, my life is open. Um, I think one thing as a podcaster, I've learned to, to allow people in, you know, even if it's ugly, yeah. even if it's messy, even if it's, you know, controversial, whatever it may be, I think there's an authenticity to that. And so, no, it just was interesting to me because again, I've had almost 200 episodes to date, you know, and so uh, one of my least favorite questions that I get asked from time to time, you know, when I do guess, which isn't very often, I actually went back and counted. It's only been like 14, 15 times. So in comparison to 200 on the host side, right. Just to give that juxtaposition, um, you know, someone will say, well, what's your favorite show? And I'm like, I don't, I don't have one. It's probably the next one I'm going to go do, you know, cause yeah. it's just so hard. And so no Kennedy's is, is a great one, but you know, at the same time, it's, like you said, it's so real and raw and and I have interviewed a number of my family members. And so, um, to me, yeah, I do remember that conversation and I do remember it being a little more intimate, um, because mm. he was, he wasn't shy about sharing what he wanted to share. And, no, you know, no. I even told my in-laws, I was a little nervous. I was like, Hey, he's gonna kind of, you know, say some stuff that you maybe don't want to hear. And they're like, let's hear it. So it was kind of cool yeah. that he had an opportunity to do that. So thank you for that. Yeah. No, not a problem. Uh, thank you for doing it because it was a great show, and I encourage anyone that uh, wants to sample your show that they start with that one because it's a it's a great uh, stepping off point. So, um, 
Now, you you said you've been asked about your favourite show, uh, and I alluded to this earlier as well. I'm I'm interested in possibly a show that was really hard for you to do. So, uh, obviously, Kennedy's for the fact that it was a family member and it was very intimate and there were issues there. But has there been a show in any of the other seasons, like dealing with the loss of a child or something like that, that uh, – an episode where you found it really hard to get through and it was, you know, you may have had to edit a lot because there was a lot of emotion or it was just uh, really, you know, hit a chord with you. Yeah, I, I think anytime you deal with death, it's going to be a hard show. Um, we've walked through death a few times, you know, from, you know, a husband and wife uh, to a child, um, to a, you know, a to another, you know, family member. I think anytime death is is on the table, um, I think it's always a hard episode. But I think if I was going to go selfishly, um, you know, I interviewed my dad for my hundredth episode. Um, I mm-hmm. wanted somebody, you know, kind of special. And, and you know, as you know, as a podcaster, there's there's kind of milestones that you kind of get to. You know, hundred seems to be a good one. I think one fifty yeah. was another one, and then you know, two hundred was uh, was a good one too. But yeah, I think, you know, for the hundredth, I, I, I wasn't sure who I was going to get or who I could get. And the more I thought about it, I, I really wanted it to be my dad because there's so much history between him and I. And mm-hmm. I think that was, that was still a challenging episode because again, I'm there as the son, but I'm also there as, a, you know, kind of doing my job as the interviewer. And so yes. that was a really, you know, tough dynamic to not make it about me. To not make yeah. it about you know me personally or what how he hurt me or use that you know kind of outlet or avenue to really kind of make him look bad you know mm-hmm. but really try mm-hmm. to build him up in that moment which is really what I try to do with every guest so I think it was probably a pretty emotional one from that standpoint um, so yeah that would probably be my answer to that okay oh well I haven't listened to that one so that will be the next one that I listen to of your show so <laughs> for sure. Definitely. Look, let's lighten the mood a little bit. So, sports a big part of your life. Who are your sporting teams? Well, there's 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 a few, but when it all, if we're going to put it in a funnel and kind of funnel it all down MLB's, into one uh, major league stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and that's the hard part is I I have a hard time with pros nowadays. I, I just do. I think, uh, at least in my mind, the major pro sports teams. You know, that'd be you know NHL that be major league baseball that'd be nfl nba it's been very politically driven Mm -hmm. and i struggle with that i i think you know sports are supposed to be a place where we go and get away from that yeah and i think uh i think there's a lot of society that has creeped into sports and i don't like Uh, it yeah so i really struggle with that (laughs) but i think if i was going to go nfl it'd be seattle i've always been a seahawks fan grew up watching the seahawks with my dad uh one of the few memories i have Major League Baseball, San Francisco Giants. Um, let's see, where who am I forgetting? Um, let's see. I do sort of like hockey, but I don't follow it. But if I was okay. going to pick a team, I would pick the Winter Hawks or Winter Hawks. The <laughs> I don't know why I said Winter Hawks. Because um, <laughs> we're talking. I would pick <laughs> the Winnipeg Jets. That's what I was going to oh, say. Okay. I like their logo. Okay. That's the only reason. Okay. And then, as far as NBA goes, I mean, I probably would say I'm a Blazers fan, but again, I don't. I, I don't really root for the Blazers. Yeah. But back in the day, anybody that played 
you know, from the University of North Carolina, whoever they played in the NBA yep. with, I would probably cheer for them. So, you know, for a while, I was probably a Hawks fan because Vince Carter was there. Yes. You know, I've been a Raptors fan because he played there too. You know, I don't know. It's just, I, I just, I like basketball in general. I'll watch it if it's on, but I don't really have a rooting team. But yeah. again, if somebody's going to hand me tickets to any pro team, I, I'd probably go just because I like live sports. So there you are. I'm interested in your opinion then on basketball because I've increasingly find the NBA hard to watch. There's not a lot of defense. There's everyone's shooting from three. And I actually find European basketball or you know, college basketball probably more entertaining. That's just me, but I know my you know, my sons are pretty much of the same opinion, or my eldest boy is. The two little ones don't, don't watch it that much anymore. But, uh, yeah, I've just – I don't know if it's a three-point era or, or what, but there's so much of a lack of – defense nowadays really uh it's yeah it's see and i love college basketball like yeah i'll watch college basketball hands hands down i'm going to watch college basketball actually in portland uh around thanksgiving so uh, i'm excited about that and if you couldn't tell maybe i'll just move aside for a second (laughs) the university of north carolina dons my walls and pretty much dons my life in every form and fashion so yeah um, i'm a big tar heels fan so Okay. Um, so last year was was amazing for me to see them turn it around, you know, kind of mid season, and then go into Cameron Indoor, which is their arch rival, and ruin Coach K's last game at Cameron, and then <laughs> of course demolish them in the Final Four and embarrass them forever. You know, I have a friend that that's a big Jayhawks fan from Kansas, and he reminds me that you know we have the biggest collapse in NCAA you know, championship history. They were up yeah. 16 and then lost by, I think, <laughs> three or whatever it was. Like, I don't care. We beat Duke in the Final Four. Like, I don't care. It's Duke. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I hate them. That's, that's huge. And I truly, I, I don't often use the word hate, but I truly, there's nothing redeeming about the University of Duke. I don't care if they cure cancer. Nothing. No. <laughs> I don't like them. If Coach K walked into your room or my room right now, I... I wouldn't, I would be polite because my mom yes. and dad raised me that way. But outside right, of that, right. yeah, I would remind him of every failure he's had in his life. <laughs> so just saying. Duke yeah, seems I, I can't to be very polar. Yeah, they seem to be very polarizing. Uh, I've watched a couple of Netflix, Netflix uh, 30, 30, uh, 30 for 30 um, shows, which, uh, yeah, you can, you can really see there's a lot of passion and a lot of polarization when it comes to loving and hating Duke. So. <laughs> yeah, I was in Vegas a number of years back watching North Carolina play uh, Kentucky, another school I'm not a real big fan of. And okay. the uh, the DJ or the the PA guy that they had out at halftime, you know, that kind of pumps up the crowd. He goes, you know, one thing mm-hmm. I know y'all have in common and, and the whole place just erupts. And he goes, y'all still hate Christian Leitner and the whole place just, I mean, I thought the roof <laughs> was going to come off. And I looked at the yeah. people standing next to me, you were, you know, Kentucky fans. And I'm like, you guys hate him? Yeah, we, we still hate him too. Yeah, so. Christian Leitner, still not a fan. I, yeah. I think everybody hates him, doesn't he? So I would actually like to sit with Leitner. I I would if there was going to be a Duke player, I would actually reach out to Leitner and see if he'd sit yeah. with me. So, he but we had a kid. A- we had a kid here locally, Kyle Singler. You can look him up too. Um, yeah, and he's from Medford, and he went out and played uh, for Duke for four years. And I actually thought I was pretty hot stuff because I thought his stats against Carolina were terrible. And sadly, he still averaged like. 
16 and 10. So get that <laughs> That's bad. Pretty good. So, yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. So sadly, yeah. he he still did pretty good for them okay. against us. So anyway, but yeah, people razz me all the time here in Medford because they're like, don't you love Kyle Singler? I'm like, no, he chose the wrong school. No, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't care if he went to my high school and graduated there. Went to yeah. the wrong college. I- I understand that passion. That's all right. I understand that passion. So, yeah, we we have a similar sort of a, a borders on religious, uh, religious uh, uh, fervor when it comes to the AFL here in uh, uh, Melbourne uh, or Australia across, you know, because it's played pretty much in every state, but Melbourne's pretty much the home of AFL. Um, if you play for one team in particular uh, and then go to their arch rival, Collingwood Carlton sort of thing. Yeah, uh, and depending on what you were like at the other team, sometimes you're just never going to be loved, even if you're kicking five goals a game sort of thing. So um, I understand that passion. So I'm just saying, if you want to root for the devil, that's fine, but you get everything <laughs> that comes with that. Okay? Just saying. Okay. Uh, and uh, from what I understand and from what I've seen, Leitner is probably the closest to that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All right, look, let's get away from that. Um, so I was surprised, actually, that, that you said uh, that you're – oh, not surprised because Trailblazer, obviously Portland, that's a, a, a no-brainer for you when it comes to NBA. But uh, I know that Jordans are a big part of your footwear collection. So <laughs> – <laughs> I thought maybe there was some South Carolina or maybe uh, Bulls uh, affiliation there as well. No? Yeah, I mean, I watched the Bulls, you know, like everyone did in the 90s. But, yeah, I mean, I never, even when Jordan was with the Bulls, like, I mean, I would cheer for the Bulls just because of Michael. And, I mean, yeah. I knew probably all the Bulls, you know, starting lineup and things of that nature. But would I say I was a Bulls fan growing up? Probably not. But, okay. again, I appreciated cool. what they were doing. Yeah, and how they were just destroying everyone, which I thought was kind of cool. So, yeah. Oh, look, a great, a great, uh, a great team, and you know, with a, an amazing run. So, uh, fantastic. And we had it. We we had interest because of Luke Longley uh, in that team for a, for a fair while. So, not that I was a Bulls fan, uh, but I did like watching them play. Obviously, and, and it was amazing watching uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman play. So, yeah, fantastic. Look, why don't we get back to the uh, countdown? Why don't we get back to the countdown and see what we've got coming in at number six? Number six. So it's a great transition because we were just talking about basketball. So another basketball movie called Glory Road. And that takes uh, portrayed by, um, I think it's, I'm going to mess it up, Southwestern Texas. Uh, It's kind of a no-name school. Um, kind of okay. rises to to fame, and then they take down the big bad Kentucky Wildcats in the national championship. That was coached by uh, Rupp, Coach Rupp, famously um, Adolf Ruff, um, and then uh, Pat Riley was actually on that Kentucky team. So those who are Miami Heat fans and Nick fans, and even Laker fans, um, know yep. Pat Riley obviously very Pat well. Riley, so yeah, for sure. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and I had a look at that movie because it's one I hadn't seen, and I saw there was actually a cameo of the coach from um, the uh, the smaller team you were talking about. Was it South Texas? Uh, he plays a, uh, a a gas station operator in the movie, Don Askins. 
So yeah, yeah it's uh, it's something I'm going to go check out again as well. So and I'll probably check out the the story of uh, that that team. Uh, see if I can find anything else that's not just the the dramatized version and a little bit more of the what went on because it sounds like an amazing story. Yeah, I mean David Ladin in that movie I think really puts them on the map because back in those days they weren't dunking a lot like they are nowadays. You know, well mm-hmm. I guess nowadays they're not even dunking anymore; they're shooting threes. But back when yeah. I really watched basketball, they were still kind of dunking and yeah. And uh, so anyway, so just just kind, kind of a cool of- story. So yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. All right, uh, number five. Number five probably should be a little higher on the list, but uh, when, I don't know, I think I was in a, a different kind of maybe headspace when I was writing the the last uh, the last little bit. But anyway, number five really could be either one, but I, I did choose this portrayal. It's called Without Limits. It's a movie about Steve Prefontaine, who is actually an Oregon runner, so it's kind of a little hometown guy in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually know the high school that he grew up and went to because my dad went to the same high school and that was Marshfield. Okay. And so Steve Prefontaine uh, kind of rises to fame as a, you know, as a runner goes on to the Olympics in 1972 with a lot of fanfare and accolade. And then uh, his life is cut tragically short uh, due to an automobile accident where he loses his life. So, Kind of an amazing story, just kind of of how he grew up and how he kind of rose to prominence. So, and it's without limits is the name of the movie. I don't think I said that. Yeah, so. yeah, it's an older movie, nineteen ninety eight. I, I again, a one that I I didn't know of, so I went and had a look at it, and it's amazing that it it didn't do as well. You know, it cost twenty five million to make, but only brought in seven hundred and seventy thousand at the the box office. And I thought it would have been a a movie that a uh, more people would have. Um, actually taken on and enjoyed, but uh, didn't seem to do that well at the box office. But definitely, again, something that I'm going to go uh, watch because it, it sounds like an amazing story. Yeah, I, I think um, I think this is the one Tom Cruise got behind. Yes, that's I can't the one remember I was if, looking at. Yeah. yeah, there's another one that's called Prefontaine. That okay. uh, that's a, it's a you almost have to watch them both because he's so the way they portray Steve Prefontaine is so different in both movies. So I would invite okay. those that are runners to, to watch both. Um, just because I think again, you get two different portrayals of him, which is weird, but one more dark and sinister, which makes sense because Jared Leto plays Steve Prefontaine in the other one. Okay. And in this one, he doesn't. So obviously, those okay. who know Jared Leto from The Joker, you, you kind of yes. get a little taste of The Joker, truly, in this yeah. uh, portrayal of, of Prefontaine. So anyway. Okay. Very good. All right. On to number four, please. Number four, staying right in stride. Oh, see what I did there? Another running movie. Uh, McFarland, <laughs> USA. And it's the first time, I'll tease a little, first time Kevin Costner makes our list. Um, I love Kevin Costner. Again, I think there's not a a bad movie he's ever been in much like Denzel, but uh, USA McFar or Farland McFarland McFarland USA just is about a movie that takes place in Bakersfield, kind of California flat desert area. And he, uh, he gets there and kind of teaches this migrant families to become running uh, families. And, and they just kind of take over across country in that area, which is kind of crazy because in cross country, there's a lot of Hills. There's a lot of, you know, mm. running that, that you have to get stronger with hills. And in that yep. area, there's no work. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so just kind of that struggle again, 
weirdly enough, about empathy and really kind of understanding where they're coming from. So I mean, I'm seeing a theme now that you're seeing. So there that is. <laughs> uh, well, it's it's a great theme. So, you know, that's cool. Yeah, it's, again, one that I I didn't didn't know of, but is intriguing. And uh, my sons go to a school that is probably one of the premier cross-country running schools, not only in Victoria, but probably across Australia. Uh, they have a, a really great pedigree when it comes to the runners uh, there. And it's down to one of the, the teachers. He's a, He's been a legend there for a long time. And he's... I guess it's a similar sort of story to what's happened here in in terms of the emphasis on the Kevin Costner character and what he does with the team because this teacher at the boys' school always seems to be able to produce, you know, gold no matter who he gets. So, okay, I'm definitely going to be interested in watching that one. So, um, number three. Uh, number three is one that, uh, again, kind of always makes me a little weepy when I watch, um, and that's The Rookie. <laughs> Uh, Dennis Quaid yeah. is in it. Uh, he plays a science teacher who kind of gave up on his dream to play baseball. And then through uh, some crazy events with his uh, high school team, he uh, they challenged him to, to do a tryout and he ends up getting a tryout with, at that time, I think they were the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Now I think they're just the Rays. But anyway, he ends up um, getting able to pitch for them professionally and kind of just his you know, kind of journey through the minor leagues and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And, uh, I think the reason why I gravitate to this movie so much, not that it's, you know, it's a great story, but it's the struggle with him and his dad. And, and I, as I think about that now, I think that's probably why I resonated with it so much because in the movie, his dad's in the military, they're moving around a lot. He can't seem to, you know, get settled long enough to play baseball. And then he gets shipped away to another place and, you know, him and his dad kind of have that father-son struggle throughout the whole movie and just kind of a, a cool cool movie and a cool scene at the end towards the end of the movie. So if, for those that haven't seen it, I would invite you to go watch that because there is kind of a cool scene at the end. So, Yeah, great movie. Um, number two. Number two, probably not a pretty much, I think maybe a hidden gem, I'll say. Because I think, again, it didn't get a lot of, you know, kind of, maybe national play, but for me, it's, it's one of those fun movies. There's a lot of struggle, a lot of turmoil, a lot of victory. And the movie's called facing the giants. And it's actually put out by uh, two brothers in Georgia and they've put out a number of movies, but this, this one in particular, I really like, and just kind of the struggle of, of uh, the, the head coach and just the struggle he's going through professionally, uh, personally, and just kind of how he's trying to motivate the team to be better. And just really, just really a good movie, good family movie, I would say. So yeah. Okay. Facing the Giants. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, I'll have to check that one out because that's another one that I haven't seen actually. So um, I was anticipating more of uh, We Are Marshall and, uh, um, something like maybe Coach Carter or Chariots of Fire, stuff that I've actually seen. There is heaps on here. But that's great because it means there's, I've got lots to watch. So, Well, I tried to pick movies that I thought were also not just a layup, you know, gave you something yes. maybe to go watch or maybe for no, others to go watch. I appreciate that. You know what I mean? No, so that's kind of why that's, I did that too. 
hidden gems and stuff like that, sleeper movies, that's great. I really appreciate that. So, uh, and definitely it gives me something to to go watch in the future. So, look, um, before we reveal your number one, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. One of these I haven't actually, I didn't actually send to you. So, Dora, it's uh, not ambushing you. It's pretty easy anyway. But uh, <laughs> the first one I'll uh, I'll ask you is, what are you reading, watching, and or listening to at the moment? I think what I'm reading right now, I'm not a big reader, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks, but I've been reading of late this uh, amazing book. Uh, it's this Orphan X series, and it's by Greg Hurwitz. And I don't know why, but I just, I really, I cannot get enough of these books. And I, I just, I'm, I'm in love with them. And I think part of it is the character, Evan Smoke. Um, you know, he's, I mean, it's the classic, you know, orphan kid pulled out of the, you know, group home, turns into yep. an assassin kind of thing. Yep. But in that, he also has, you know, kind of this private life where he's trying to be a normal person, I air quote, normal person and social cues and things like that. And trying to have a romantic life with one of the girls in the building, you know, who has a kid who the kid kind of models him or wants to be like him. So, so that's one. Um, what am I listening to? I don't listen to a lot of stuff. Um, I, as I mentioned, I, I listen to music probably a lot. I don't Mm -hmm. listen to a lot of other shows. I don't, I shouldn't admit this, but I can't believe I am. I don't even listen to my show once it goes live. So once it goes live, I rarely if ever go back and listen to it. So um, I do listen to a lot of music, just kind of just depends on what mood I'm in. Yeah. And then you had one more and I lost it. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, listening, reading and watching. Oh, watching. So we've, my wife and daughter and I, we've gotten into Survivor. So we're late okay. to the party. Um, so we're on Survivor. What are they on? Like 43 now. So we're a little late to that. We, we binged. We binged watch 42 and I really yeah. liked a lot of the characters in 42. And now that we're in 43, I'm like, I want those, I want those old characters back. I, I want those people. <laughs> I really liked that cast. They'll be reason. back. So they'll be back in some sort of a, yeah, I'm sure. Survivor, they, so. they do that. So anyway, so we're late to the survivor party, but we've been watching survivor. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're the opposite. We actually used to watch, well, we watched after about season nine or 10 and then stopped. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, very good. Okay. Fantastic. And my other question, which is sort of brand new, I guess, uh, if you could be a guest or on the guest list for a concert, podcast, wedding, sporting event, talk show, anything like that, something big that you'd love to be on the VIP list for the guest list. What would it be and why? Uh, I'm going to speak this into existence. So I'm going to say the final four men's basketball final four this coming year, which I'm going to see where it is because I don't remember. Um, it's in Houston. So I'm going to be on the VIP list for the final four uh, this year for the men's final four, because I believe North Carolina should be there in the final four and in, even in the championship. So that's Fantastic. what I'd like to be on the guest list for. Well, that'd be great. VIP pass, meet and greets and things like that. So that'd be fantastic. So that's a great answer. Thank you very much for uh, for answering that. Uh, look, why don't we reveal your number one and then I can uh, let you get on with the rest of your day. Number one is still a movie that um, every time I see it, I, I just freeze. 
and it's the the movie is Field of Dreams, and uh, Ray Kinsella is in Iowa, and he decides to plow under his corn and make this amazing baseball field. And he hears a voice that says, if you build it, he will come. And he thinks it's for these baseball players, but come to find out wrecking the movie for those who have not seen it, which I don't know how you've not seen Field of Dreams. So whatever, this is on you. 89. Um, so yeah, he, <laughs> exactly. he, he, he has a catch with his dad. And to me, um, I don't know. There's just, there's just this amazing moment between Kevin Costner and the, the character that plays his dad in the movie Yeah, that I just, I just weep over. And, you know, Kevin Costner was, was there when they started doing Field of Dreams baseball again, which I think was a great idea by Major League Baseball, long overdue yeah. um, to, to have games there. Um, there's, a she, there's a scene when they first do the first one where Kevin Costner's out there playing catch with his kids. And I just think that was so cool. Just so cool. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, it's a, an amazing movie. And my youngest boy, actually, when I was talking about your list, and he said, oh, what's his number one? I said, Field of Dreams. And he said, what's that? And I said, ah, oh, have we got a movie that we're going to sit down and watch together? <laughs> Do you feel like you failed as a parent, though, because he didn't know what it was? A little. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> okay. But then again, right, it's baseball. Wondering. It's baseball, but so I don't really care that much. But no, 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 there's there's much bigger issues there as well, obviously. So, no, we, we will be sitting down. Uh, when we got talking about that, uh, I said there's actually uh, another one, uh, The Natural, that I wanted him to, to see, which I really like. and. But uh, but yeah, so the the natural and field of dreams are probably going to be priority movies when uh, we we sit down to to watch something together, um, probably at the end of the week. It's a it's a great movie. There's and it's a yeah. it's a tearjerker. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I just I don't know. I've always liked it ever since I was a kid when I first saw it. And I, th- I thought this was amazing. So yeah, good stuff. Oh, very good. Look. Thank you very much for coming on and doing the show with me today. I've enjoyed it immensely, and I really do enjoy your shows, and uh, I will be continuing to go through your back catalogue and and listen in. Uh, If you'd like to let everybody know where they can find your show and where they can get in contact with you, uh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I think the easiest way is OPSpodcast.com. So that's uh, OPSpodcast.com. I say that's kind of home base. That's kind of where everything starts and kind of stops. Uh, social media links are there. I'm, I'm under at OPS podcast show. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I mainly hang out on Instagram just because I don't know why. I just, it just seems cooler than Facebook. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I think the only, only other thing I would say is, you know, which is the way I in my show, which is, you know, just remember when you walk in other people's shoes, you really do get a different perspective on life. I would just challenge those that hear that to really walk that out. You know, it's easy to say, but it's really hard to do in concept. So maybe that'd just be a little, little takeaway for you to think about as you go throughout the rest of your day. Definitely. That's a really nice uh, thing to finish on. And, you know, and that's what I get from your show. It's not just about being sympathetic to someone's plight. It's trying to actually empathize with them and understand who they are. And I I think you're doing a a wonderful job with it. You have a wonderful show and uh, you do it really, really well. So um, everybody go out and check out Neil and his show and make sure that if you do like it, get back to me and uh, let me know what you think uh, and get in contact with Neil as well and tell him how fantastic his show is. Neil, you have a a wonderful day. Thanks for getting up so early once again. And I guess I'll catch up with you uh, in the future somewhere. 
Thank you again for so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. No worries. Have a good day. That's it for another week. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Neil. He's a very interesting guy and he runs a very well produced and interesting podcast. Please go and check it out. Uh, that's about it for me for this week. I won't bore you with too much more, but if you would like to go and check out my back catalogue, as I said, I do have some more shows coming and uh, I'll probably get to me to around the 50 mark and then we'll see where we go from there. Anyway, as usual, I'll chat at you again next episode. Next episode.